0: Welcome to another episode of We Only Pod When We're Winning. Paul, John, Sean, and Pete. No, not the Beatles, just four old people talking about football. Pete's not old, he is available. We Only Pod When We're Winning.
1: We boys,
2: good evening, gentlemen.
1: Evening, all sensational down here in uh, sunny Wollongong.
3: Yeah, I'm beautiful. And I just actually went and put my tracky dacks on for the first time for this recording. It's cold down in the Gold Coast. Uh, I was uh, so you were what just in your red
0: Grundy's beforehand.
3: No, I had some shorts on, but it's just, I mean, I think it's just gotten dipped below 20 degrees, so I'm freezing. I know, we're absolutely freezing. And uh, so you've got football back
0: on there, Pete. And uh, who are we coaching tonight?
1: Uh, so tonight is uh, one of my weekly sessions with uh, Illawarra Stingrays under 17s team. Our season restarts this Sunday when we played the awkwardly named round three fixture. Against Sydney University at our home ground here at JJ Kelly Park. Uh, so very much looking forward to being back on the sidelines there.
2: Good luck to the guys. Right. Good luck to the guys.
1: Thank you. We're on the
0: bandwagon, mate. So let us know uh, cost of very very large shirts, and uh, we'll put an order in. I reckon.
1: I <laughs> love <laughs> oh, Front shirt sponsors right here. We only pod when we're winning. Oh, let's do it, let's do it. So in saying that guys, what's the uh you know, just
0: to start, get us into a bit of the mood, what's one of the strangest things you've ever seen either coaching, playing or watching a live game? Might might start with you, Pete, with uh something in that in that regard. Oh
1: gee, so I've played at a few or coached at a few different venues and probably some of the weirdest ones have obviously been when we've had kangaroos interrupt games. Uh, We've had pet dogs which have run across fields chasing a ball that they thought, you know, was theirs. Uh, and, you know, everything else in between. We've even uh, stopped the game because an echidna raced onto the field. Uh, so wildlife is definitely something interesting that goes on every so often.
2: It's a good job. Uh, it's a good job that wasn't Legionnaire. We'd have had a points deduction. <laughs> exactly, you right,
1: exactly right. Points deduction. Or Villa would
0: have signed all, all those animals for $133 million. They wouldn't have scored a goal. But in saying that, Pete, are you sure you're not part of a World Cup bid? Because that sounds like our previous World Cup bid,
1: the whole <laughs> That's video. That's exactly the come play commercial with a virtual kangaroo, I'm pretty certain.
0: I'm pretty sure it was too. What about you, Shawnee? You would have seen a fair bit of uh, strange stuff in those kind of fields? Oh, yeah. I
2: mean, I think... Uh... From a from a, um, spectator point of view, uh, the strangest was at Broadbeach Broadbeach United and it was a Gold Coast Premier League about 20 years ago and uh, it got to the point where the referee and the two officials had to be locked in the changing room at Broad Beach <laughs> and it was, like an angry, it was like a scene from the Simpsons you know angry mob outside the officials, <laughs> official's, uh, official's room I don't know if you know Broad Beach you know, it's, you've got like a little officials area at the, at the end there and um, yeah. it was literally like an angry mob like, oh, the only thing that was missing was like, the fires and the pitchforks well, everything surely- else was Everything else was good. There, you know?
1: they booked their own meeting, and they had already had an attendance record that they were ready to have this mob.
2: Oh my God, it was scary! I tell you, what was scary? And but in in the UK, in the UK, the uh, you know the archetypal funny moment for me was on a Sunday morning when you turn up to play football. And uh, and you'd have to wait until about ten minutes before the game to decide who was fit enough to play. And I'm not talking <laughs> strains or injuries here. I'm, I'm talking I'm talking puking up, and I'm talking still pissed from the night before. So it was like uh, you know, the, on a Sunday morning, you know, the late fitness test was: can you walk a straight line? It was like the like the police for driving, you know. I believe uh, we call uh, so it like some of your cricket guys. No, yeah, extremely play. professional. <laughs>
3: Oh, I love it. And what about you there, uh, John? Well, I was trying to think of what's funny and all the rest of it. i tell you the weirdest thing I've ever watched in football, the whole time watching football was the uh, the first half of the World Cup semi final between Brazil and West Germany. Um, and Germany, a few years ago, <laughs> wanted goal after goal after goal after goal. And it was like, I think it was one of the weirdest. It was the <laughs> most transcendental moment I've ever had watching sport because it, it wasn't like some minnow coming out or, whatever, it was a World Cup semi-final in Brazil. And, you know, Brazil, the greatest, you know, country, uh, arguably with Germany, Italy. But to see that, I never remember, we rang Sean up at his place and we were, yep. we were looking at big um, big Phil in the box. And Sean said, start the car. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> and, hashtag stewards.
3: Stewards. Yeah. And it was amazing. And, and, you know, what? it was really weird because, I, I, I mean, you knew that uh, Germany was going to take it to him, but not like that. No, no.
0: Well, for me, it's uh, this is a long way back. So I'm trying to remember if it was actually real or not. But um, my brother and I played for uh, Keringal United, the Red Devils. And um, my brother, in an under-nines game, used to be a goalkeeper one half. And then he was a forward in the second half. They used to do that to him every week. And I think he, I think he scored something like 30 or 40 goals one season. And we had a parent run on the ground and basically tackle him so his son could kick a goal. So that was the strangest thing I'd ever seen, and uh, yeah, he every week he was told, "Give it to someone else, give it to Jamie, because uh, we're Australians." I'm just being uh, open and honest about it. We're Aussies, and we're not supposed to be able to play footy. So I think they uh, they, they didn't like my brother scoring a fair few goals. So it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. Go,
2: go clan Fredrickson I say.
0: <laughs> well, I couldn't score a go- the only goals I could score were own goals, so uh, he had to make up for it. But that was uh, that was pretty strange. Good stuff. Um. On a serious note, though, guys, uh, Victoria's COVID uh, lockdown at the moment, obviously going on to stage three again for six weeks, means that uh, three Melbourne teams were stranded at the airport.
1: Um, Not just once, (laughs) but twice. And then told on standby, just in case.
2: Yeah, what what an absolute triumph for the A-League. again. uh,
0: Could that not just sum up the woes of the A-League? like? (laughs) It has to be, someone has to come in and make a series on this. Surely there's got to be a cartoon series in the making. Well, when you look at
3: the fact that the Storm got out of there and they knew and they decided to stay in Queensland or up in up here and, and you see that the AFL really, and they, they were told the AFL guys, have got to get out and, and deadline like, you know, the A-League's not, how they're getting stuck is beyond me.
1: Exactly right. Now, I personally thought that we couldn't reach any more peak A-League than when Adelaide United goalkeeper said that he was going to leave to join MMA. But I tell you what, by having three, three Melbourne teams stuck in Victoria, good gosh, that is properly peak A-League.
2: Well, I've got to say, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a uh, corporate sponsor, thinking of where I'm going to put my dollars, uh, that just that just that that'll do me. That's that's the end of the game for me in terms of the a league. You know, it's it's if you can't even deal with that, then I'm afraid that that is a basket case, uh, the epitome of a basket case.
0: Uh, so, why uh, you know you you look at uh, you look at uh, the AFL as you said, they'd planned ahead. Rugby League's done an absolutely magnificent job. Surely you've already got the templates there to go, okay, we don't have to say we're copying them, but let's copy them.
3: I mean, it's not rocket science, right? Well, nothing's hidden, and nothing's been hidden with this outbreak. Everyone saw it coming like early on last week. Uh, they had time even, if they didn't realise it was happening, to get organised with a 48-hour you know, uh, window and say, all right, lads, you're professional footballers. Getting the bus that's all on the planet's go. Actually,
2: you know? guys, actually I some got some breaking news. Uh, you know, the A League chairman actually booked this the A League chairman actually booked the spruce goose to take the guys now off and just come get off the ground, you know, and uh, <laughs> hey, hey, them's the brakes.
0: Them's the brakes, you know. A Catalina <laughs> Well we are gonna be up front with this. Um, you know, we're we're you know, we've been Brisbane Raw supporters and Pete's a Sydney F C supporter. We actually have supported the A League with with Merchandise. We've supported it with travelling tickets games. We've gone into state tickets. We've we've done it all. So we're not putting down the A League of We love the local absolutely game. Not. Let's get that. We're on a first over, name basis. A
3: at, we're a first name basis at uh, Gold Coast Stadium. We're the only ones there. Yes, and uh, I I will always uh, remember the day. That Talking getting... of
2: funny stories, Paul, <laughs> do it, son. Do it.
0: Stretch, oh, come on, you
2: bearers. Go on, so we'll do it. yeah. We don't, we,
0: we have no, you can do that one. We, you oh know, just, we, we're reporting on a game. Come on, Sean, you, you explain this. Yeah, story. We,
2: we were there in an official capacity, and we we're there fairly early. <laughs> And this this sort of tags into the earlier topic, but we were there fairly early and uh, sort of doing a bit of sound work and doing a bit of a few interviews and this, that and the other. And uh, someone approached us like a spy on, uh, uh, you know, like a, it felt like someone like Checkpoint Charlie, you know, James Bond type thing. They sort of ambled up to us and said... uh, Hey, are you busy? I thought, oh, what's this? Is he trying to sell us drugs or something? And he said, oh, "Would you like, to, would you like to be the sideline stretcher guys? <laughs> because we're a couple of men short for the stretchers. Would you like to do it?" And we looked at each other and thought, "Oh my God, here we go." Yeah, that's
0: that's when we knew peak A week right there. And, and I thought that was the peak. Let's do a, well, head, inj- like let's do a head
3: injury assessment ourselves. Oh, geez. Yeah. I,
0: I don't think we would have passed that one. I mean, another time at Gold Coast, uh, just so you know, Pete, if you think the A league has been a bit funny in New South Wales, when uh, Gold Coast were around, um, we used to get told off for of being too loud at games. Not swearing
1: two out yeah i've had the exact same at a few away venues where we've been uh literally kicked out of the ground for either a standing on a seat b saying something a bit too loudly to a security guard or um having one too many cups of water because we literally had too many cups around us in our seats so yeah there have been some obscure removals from grounds that we've all been through
0: I still think we should have got Jim's mowing on as the major sponsor. Jim's a League. Oh,
2: hey, good. I, I reckon you should claim the fifth on the, an a League shenanigans, Paul. Claim the fifth on. Claim the fifth.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll cover that in another. We'll cover that another time. Yeah, he's called Paul but, Football.
2: Uh, yeah, and we got to do that after the after the watershed as well when all the kids are in bed. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Done. We'll put that as an explicit episode. Uh, yeah. I believe that one as well. Um, <laughs> Guys, while we're you know we'll just keep going on to a little bit of levity because you know we're very serious with our football reporting all the time. Favorite big men you've ever watched? They can be fat, they can be big, but I'm 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 looking more at the big man. You know, the six foot four, six foot six kind of half. You know, centre forward. What? one Some of your favorite big men there?
3: Well, Andy Carroll. I loved him when he first started playing at Newcastle. Absolutely wonderful. I remember waiting up for the transfer window and hoping we were going to sign someone, and then. Liverpool came in and took him for 30 million and I just sank to my knees and went, please, God, can I go for another team? (laughs) And, you know, we got him back now. He's 150 years old and his knees are worse than mine. And still scoring goals against teams like Villa. I still love him.
1: I I personally can't go past the likes of Peter Crouch. Uh, For me, one of the biggest characters that, in the change rooms, on the field, one of the most comical people in terms of his podcast as well, he's just probably one of the most likable men in football, and he's so well known for his robot dance, uh, which he obviously did as a centurion scoring 100 goals in the Premier League.
2: Did you see? Did you see the famous line, Pete, that he came out with? He was asked the question once about what do you think you'd have been if uh, you hadn't have been a, pre- a Premier League footballer? And he said, Oh, Can I am a, 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 a virgin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been. He would have been.
2: God bless him. He's a star. He's a superstar.
0: Hey, Love him. He is. Love him. Uh, for me, it was uh, Johnny Carew, big Carew for me, and uh, the V-Bomber. Even though he wasn't the tallest, Mark Viduka had that stature of being of being really tall. So, Carew and Viduka for me, just those those big
3: men up front. What well, about I, Josh I, Kennedy being Jesus? I mean, Josh Kennedy, oh, that was, he was awesome, wasn't he?
2: No, it's Jesus. Jesus, John. Jesus, yeah, please. Yeah. Jesus, right. yeah.
3: Well, uh, I liked him every time he came on. He seemed to score for Australia. So, I'm just butting in on you, Sean, because no, I, I, no. I've, I've never gotten in front of you before.
2: You're all good, Bill. For yep. me, it has to go back to the old, to all-time great John Charles.
3: He was called oh, the yeah. Gentle Giant,
2: you know, in most people's all-time 11s. Uh, after that, you know, I'm a bit older than you guys, but I'm looking to people like Mike, uh, Martin Shivers, uh, Peter Osgood. Um, got to probably throw Niall Quinn into the into the mix. He, he had a yep. great career. Um, yeah. Again, someone like Lee Chapman, who was big, big-time underrated and, uh, and, and one for you, John, probably Supermac. I know he wasn't the tallest, but my God, what a striker. What a front man he was. What a big guy in well, front he was.
3: Well, he was, but I wasn't thinking. I, 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 I'd I sort of think of him as a way well, I think of Mark Feduka. Yeah, he you
2: was know? a great player, so, um, great
3: So, I'm not going to bag him because uh, when I was a kid, that, that was the that was the jersey everyone wanted and Nana Nidimi won and, the cut file, and I'll never remember. I'll never forget being as itchy as you could be as a child, because you must have needed it with the cheapest wool you could get. And we were sat there on the floor in Newcastle, uh, watching that awful result. And I didn't know whether I was crying from the result or from the pain of the jersey I had on.
2: Well, I'm i I'm, anyway, I'm a massive fan of Super Mac, and uh, and he had everything. You know, great in the air, great left foot, speed, speed to burn. Uh, but to, to be honest with you guys, his only weakness was his mouth. He had a big, big mouth and it cost him a lot of times because he, he bagged Liverpool out before the cup final and, they, mm. and uh, Shankly pinned it up on the wall in the dressing room and says, right, that's what he thinks of you. Go and show him what you think of him. And, uh, and there you go. But he was a great player, great player.
0: Pete, being a bit um, bit younger than some of us on this pod, mate, any uh, any big men that have stood out for
1: you? Mate, we could also uh, I need to chuck in a Sydney FC cult hero in the name of Bruno Kazarine. Not only did he have a glorious ball patch at the back of his head, but uh, hmm. he was probably one of your tallest guys who wasn't fantastic with finding a header, uh, much better with the ball <laughs> at his feet, and one of those guys who probably deserved a longer contract than what he got in the sky blue shirt but instead was left to uh, return into England to sign for Coventry city where i believe he didn't actually make too many extra appearances after making the move across
2: he always used to remind me of like a uh, you know one of those archetypal drug dealers in Scarface and stuff like that you know. <laughs> he's sat, he sat there smoking say hello sat to there, sat there smoking a big stogie with about 25k's of uh, marching powder around him
0: you know that type of thing but have you guys reckon- watched that movie have you watched Sorry. that movie in the last few years guys
3: I can't stand it it's, it's not a great movie <laughs> it's uh, not a great movie I was watching it late on SBS and I was like oh my god I d- I, did I have a t-shirt for this <laughs> um yeah but if I, I would like to ask a question of all the fellas. If you're ranking those guys, do you reckon any of them would be, obviously Bruno accepted, would be better than um, Lewandowski as far as being a big player, a big tall guy who can play?
2: Well, you, you could say Lewandowski. You could also say the, uh, uh, the big Swede with the ponytail as well, couldn't you? You know, there's, you know he's, he's going to go down as an all-time great.
0: You know, yeah, he's very shy as well. Not not forthcoming mm. with his um, yeah. Uh, if if he'd have only
2: backed himself a bit more, I think he'd have he'd have got would have achieved more. You know,
1: well, if only oh, his personality be- would have stood out as far as you know his hairstyle did,
0: and 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 that nose, I love it as well. You got to watch out when he turns around. I think he gets a bit of an advantage with that nose. But in saying that, the spe- what, what, what's his nickname for himself?
3: Ebra. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Ebru's
0: got a nickname for himself. I'm sure it's. uh, It should be Ebru says.
2: Well, it's always it's always great. (laughs) I find when someone speaks in the third person, that tells you Mm. a lot, doesn't it? You know what I mean. That's, well,
0: yeah. We don't go on about his sex life either. Can you imagine uh, having to hear that banter? Uh, but anyway, absolutely. that's probably for another pot as well.
3: Absolutely. Him and Sting <laughs> in a room and only one can leave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad we're talking football here. Um, guys, any low, a lot of lower league clubs around the world are actually in big trouble. They're folding. they um got rid of all their staff and everything like that. Should we look in the next few um, weeks or months of adopting a lower-level team at some stage?
1: Look, I'm I'm sure that Wigan would need all the help they can get at the moment. And, um, uh, look, it depends. Do we actually own shares in any betting companies? And in which case, then, yes, we probably have a better chance of owning a football club.
2: (laughs) Brought to you by the good people at (laughs) Bet24.
1: I don't
0: even know what half the jersey names mean anymore. Station sponsor.
2: Station sponsor. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh we are looking for sponsors so if anyone wants to um we won't take betting companies but anyone else who's a non-betting company you can chuck a triple eight or something in there and we'll we'll go from there as well now pete you're heading off to a uh, training session uh pr- pretty imminently mate so what are we doing tonight what's going to be the uh focus for the team uh, uh...
1: the the restart of the season. So tonight's basically all focused on combination play to basically uh, create overloads in the middle to uh, try and outrun our opponents this weekend. Sydney University, who are playing host to uh, one of the benchmark teams in the competition. So uh, if we can try and get an extra body into that midfield, try and create some combos and work our way around, uh, we have a sneaky chance of being able to get something against them.
2: Okay, Pete, just just the thing, mate, keep an eye out for, for – Bielsa sent a guy there tonight, so keep an eye out with a guy over the fence with the binoculars. You
1: know? Oh, mate, don't worry, the main road's right next to me, so if he's sitting in the car right now, happy days, welcome, thanks yeah, for being here.
2: Keep an eye out for Bielsa's man, he's he's, on, he's there, man, he's there.
0: <laughs> now, 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 Pete, as a, as a, as a modern-day coach and being the new-age sensitive man that you are, do you find that sometimes you still have to resort to yelling at the uh, at the guys um, half-time and so forth?
1: Look, to be blunt, I'll, I'll put up the uh, the key messages every so often. You might have to be a bit more um, implicit with what instructions you're kind of giving. But to be blunt, they're the ones who are playing the game, not me. So it's, it's up to them to solve the problems on the field. That's what I feel at least. Um I'll tell them suggestions and give them, you know, this is what should be happening. But especially at this 16-, 17-year-old age group, I don't want to have to give them all the answers because some of their answers are actually probably better than something I could come up with myself. So until I end up working in senior football, I'm still giving them one or two options. One, I think, is guaranteed to work. Two, which I think could work, and then it's up to them to work out which one's going to be the best option to take
0: is, is social media a, a distraction for you with coaching? Um, is it something you see in the change rooms? I'm always telling your kids off for being on their phones and stuff too much. Is that actually something that you're seeing as a coach in
1: the modern Yeah, day? I'll tell you what, man. It, it, it's obvious everywhere. Um, and it's it's really strong. You think about the, the impact that TikTok is having over um, it, just the social relationships that our players are having everywhere. Think about the fact that Instagram has become this domain uh, where players kind of want to only show their perfect lives rather than show anything that is slightly imperfect. Um, So, yeah, definitely social media is having a massive impact. Whether or not it's good or not, yeah, look, that's entirely debatable.
0: Do you think it'll come down to a goal celebration where someone will actually pull the phone out of the... uh... Full Mario, uh,
1: Mario Balotelli behind the goal, getting the uh, phone from the yeah. uh, at, what is it, the media manager behind the um post and celebrating going Instagram live? Yeah, it could it's possible. Let's
0: see if you can do it yourself, mate. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let you head off we'll let you head off the training, mate, where the um you've given us the only semblance of a football show tonight. And um we want we want some um we're talking social media, mate, we want some snippets from the game on the weekend, mate. Even some crowd noise, whatever you can give us, um, we're desperate for it, mate, because this canned noise we're hearing on TV at the moment is driving me to distraction.
2: No
1: problem. All right, guys, have a fantastic one. We'll speak to you soon.
2: The substitute, Danilo, right at the heart of it. They've got plenty forward. Ronaldo's up as well. Danilo!
0: So we're lucky enough to have Pete join us and actually put a semblance of football into our lives there. And... Sean, still very excited about what's happening in your part of the football world, and I'll just, I'll, I've already started commiserating a few weeks ago. Oh, I
2: think uh, I think it's it's you know it's going to come down to the uh, to the to the cliche of the wire, you know, it's going to come down to the last few games, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the uh, Watford getting a few points is not doing you guys any favors at all, um, and I think that <clears throat> ironically, I think that. Your, your your best player, Grealish, as as I think the managers put too much weight, too much pressure on him. I think he's he's he should have had him. I, I think the problem with Grealish at the moment is the fact that he's he's given a free role and, and that's great. There's no problem there, but he's turning up in a, he needs to turn up in areas where he's going to hurt the opposition. And and for me, he turns up wide a lot. He turns up in areas where he's not going to hurt the opposition to, because he's trying to do too much. In my opinion, he's trying to do too much instead of it being more structured. And him saying, "Right, I want you in areas where you're going to hurt the opposition." And he's got the capability; he's a great player. And uh, I think he's, I think, I think the manager's fallen into the trap of saying, "Oh, just do your thing, just, just go, you know, just, just go, go where you want." And I think it's been to the detriment of the team. I really do.
0: Well, mate, I've, um, I've been not backwards in, in saying that I think Grealish hasn't attacked the box. He's stopped doing it. I think he's already checked out. And I don't mean to be rude. He, good on him. He's protecting himself. He's not putting himself in dangerous situations. And in all honesty, our squad's just not good enough. Well, as it's, I say, it's mate, a he, very, He's a very bare squad. He's spent a lot of money. He's got a lot of money for not. A he's lot. got
2: the potential to be a world-class footballer, and, and and you need to use him in the right in the right sense. And I think the managers missed a trick. I really do.
0: Well, touching on that, a fantastic result for Watford. They were actually trailing after five minutes against Norwich, uh, equalising only a few minutes later, and winning two-one um, gives them a, a four-point gap with Villa still to play. But uh, they've got the rampaging Manchester United, who are fighting for a European spot outright. Regardless of what happens with our uh, city's appeal, so Norwich absolutely gone. Mathematically, still a chance. Uh, Bournemouth and Villa are in big trouble there. Um, but my interest is um, in other parts, and that is certainly um, obviously Leeds now very close to going up.
2: Yeah, not far off, mate. Just just to touch, just to just to uh, finish off on the on the Premier League, on the, on the bottom of the Premier League. I think a big consideration has to be. That um, for especially for teams like Villa because they're sat on, they're sat on big contracts that, are, that I don't know whether they would have had negotiations for reductions in the, in the championship if they go down. But I think with COVID, I think there's a big possibility of uh, parachute money getting reduced. Now, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if the parachute funds were re- redistributed in a smaller sense. So that, that could have massive implications for teams going down.
0: Oh, definitely. And, um, look, you follow your club no matter what. We've all been down in the lower reaches at times. So It's just uh, my team's turn again at this stage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not carrying on about it. They just are not a good squad. I don't enjoy watching them um, at all. And, and they are my but team. But, coming on,
2: you know, coming you, on to the Championship, though, Paul, like you said, um, I think that if, if Leeds take care of their business... You know, let's not worry about Brentford. They you know, were playing well. You know, they put five on five wins on the spin together. But if we take care of our business, then then we're up. It's as simple as that. And
0: uh, I think I don't know about you, John, but I, you know, as in, as you're a neutral in this to to a large extent as well. They're going up, aren't they? Who are
3: you talking about? No, Villa Leeds, no, Leeds. No. <laughs> oh Leeds! Oh well, I kind of I'm a little bit. Neither here nor there on that on that point at the moment because I mean we've all been friends for a while and I guess Leeds have probably become my second team over a long period of time because of Sean and because of the you know the struggles they've had and all the rest of it. And, you don't, and, and don't
2: forget you were at the game. You were my guest at the game one day. I've been I've
3: been a guest at Ellen Road and it's magnificent with there with Carl and we had a great time and you know weeing in the outdoor urinals there and all the rest of it. Was fantastic. And um. <laughs> Oh, they were they were good, and um, and pints outside. But I'm, I think for Leeds, I think Leeds have to be be mathematically over the line before they can breathe. I really, I really do because some places and some clubs um, win and close things out and do it easy, and some don't. And I think Leeds is in that bracket, and I think they have to make sure that they don't drop any more points. And you know. You know, it's kind of, it's a little bit like the Villa thing. And I was going to say to you, Paul, I wouldn't give up on Villa. Look, you've you got to scratch and claw and, and get your way out of that bottom spot. And I think that Leeds is the same. I think they've got to scratch and claw to get the top spot. 100%. You certainly don't want to get, you don't want to get sucked into Brentford on fire, taking one of those two spots and then you drop a, a game and suddenly, you know, everybody's got the, how you going's up here. Yeah, yeah. That, does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely, man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's,
2: it, as I said, it, I think it, it sort of dovetails onto what I said about you know we, we need to just take care of our business. Don't worry about anybody else. I mean, I mean, if Brentford win every game, they're up to they're eighty-seven points. We're now seventy-eight, so we need ten. We need ten points from five games. That's if Brentford win every game. So, but as I said, don't worry about anybody else. Take care of our business, and, and it's and and, and and we're there, you know. And uh, the the thing about the difference between us this year and last year is our fitness levels are great, the the confidence levels are great. With a better squad, and uh, we we we're playing with confidence. And when we play with confidence, yeah. and we have a, we do our, we play our football, then uh, we then we win more than we lose. Simple as that.
3: And and if a team like Brentford takes takes a place place. in the Premier League and takes a place in the Premier League, that'd be the biggest turn up you'd have to think since Bournemouth got there, and even bigger than that, I would think. And and my goodness, I'm looking at that thinking by Sunderland down the Third Division, and you've got Brentford in the Premier League. It's it's a strange day. Well, they've got a new stadium. That's going to to be amazing.
2: They've got a new stadium to go to next year as well. So it's all geared up. It's all geared up, mate.
0: Goodness me! No, see, look—you'd uh, have to put it right up there with who would have honestly thought Leicester would have won a Premier League title, and who would think that year after year Leicester would be um, fighting for uh, European places. So, stranger things have—stranger uh, things have happened. Well, they're a much bigger
3: time. club than Brentford, Paul. Oh, they
0: are. No, but still, honestly, before Leicester won a title, would you have said they are going to win the English Premier League? No, League
3: no, no one said that, and they've had great players go through the place, though, too, like Brentford, like. You name one bread player that you know have ever heard of.
2: Jonas Yanson. We'll Janssen. Keep
3: it Janssen. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be nice, and it mean, would be awesome. I'm just saying. And he's in got terms a magic. Of,
2: he's got a magic hat. Don't forget.
3: Teams come up, teams come up, and they go down. But that's why you can't give up. I mean, you, as a Villa fan, Paul, I need to take you outside and give you a thrash, and, and say that it's not. Well, that, you're not I dead until you're dead. I normally have to pay for that, so I'll let that one go.
0: So um, player nicknames, has there been any player nicknames that have um, stood out for you, Um, putting you on the spot there?
2: Player nicknames?
0: Gosh. Yeah.
2: Well, you've obviously got Beckham with Golden Bollocks, haven't you?
0: Oh, yep, that's... (laughs) Yep, one of my favourites of all time. So I'm just putting you
3: on the spot right now. Whispering Death, Michael Holden.
2: He played for West Ham, didn't he? he was at, that, <laughs> well, he should That was Clyde Best, wasn't
3: it? That was so. Yeah. God, um, I can't even think of nicknames. It's a bit tough, well, isn't it? I, was,
2: I you See, this is where you, we're going to have to speak to the producers because I was told nicknames are clubs, you know. So, um, well, I can't work under these circumstances. Under these conditions, <laughs> no, I
0: always think of uh, Eusebio with the Black Panther. So, we'll, we'll come to that section uh, We'll come to that section another week. So, what about some club nicknames, there, guys? Let's go for some uh, stranger ones there.
2: Well, I think the. The one that sticks out for me, which I, I didn't, I, I, I heard about it a few years ago and I thought, nah, that can't be right, is Kievo. Uh, Kievo called the Flying Donkeys. Hey. And uh, because the reason for that, apparently, if, if I can remember, is their, their main rivals are Hellas Verona. And Hellas Verona were above them in the league for many years. Yes. And they basically said um, that their, it was a standing joke with their fans that the only time Kievo uh, will ever get promoted is when we see flying donkeys. And Kievo obviously came to prominence. Hellas Verona went down. And now the Kievo fans, the club is known as the Flying Donkeys. There you go.
0: And actually love it. They, they, they love it. Mm-hmm. So it's something they take great pride in there. There's a few Mexican uh, clubs that have got uh, pretty similar kind of um, nicknames that were given to them they're now proud of. Well, what about you there,
3: John? Well, back in the northeast again of England um, and Hartlepool United, one of the oh, great football clubs, unfortunately on. not, not in, the, um, in, the, in, in the football league at the moment, um, their nickname is the Monkey Hangers. And uh, I think that's a lovely name. Even though they've got, even though they've got a, a rain, Santa's Reindeer there as their club emblem, they call themselves the Monkey Hangers, and that probably explains why they're so far down. And, that's, the,
2: that's, you know, and as you know, John, that's based on historical fact historical fact a, a it French, goes back to the war doesn't it sure. it was in the, it was in the, it was in the uh, Napoleonic Wars and sure. like a French galleon or a French ship got, um, um, ran aground off Hartlepool and uh, it had the French flag flying and all this and uh, basically the, all the locals went down to see what was going on and the only, the only thing left as a survivor on the ship was the ship's monkey all, 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 yeah. hands, all hands were lost, all hands were lost but a, a ship, monk, a, a monkey got washed up, and and it was tried. It was tried in the court of law, and it was sentenced to execution. And um, the, the the monkey was hanged. So they they hung the monkey as a as a, a as a foreign combatant, and that's where the term monkey hangers came from.
3: That's it. And I think I believe they were being insulted by the um by their opposition fans, who was I think it was Darlington. That'd be their local um, opposition. Yeah. And yeah. they were being insulted by them. And um, they were calling a monkey hand said, well, we like that. We'll take it on. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they've but... been that ever since. And Hartlepool, um, for you, Paul, not sure if you know it, but uh, the North East is an absolute hotbed of football. And um, Brian Clough managed there. Yes, started absolutely. His, started out there. And, um, Good also, little club, actually. Um, Good little club. And one of their main fans is the great um, Yannick Jers from Iron Maiden um, guitaring fame. He's from Hartlepool. Uh, I've got to go with a couple of uh, African
0: teams. I love the Kaiser Chiefs FC. Yeah. Uh, can't help that just because of the band and so forth. And there's a few others. I mean, young young boys of Burn. What the hell is that? Where did that come from? Invincible Eleven from Liberia. I think, right. Michael, I think,
2: I think Michael Jackson tried yeah. to buy them,
3: didn't he? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I think he did.
0: we'll leave it at yeah, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zimbabwe has Triangle United. These. So there's a, there's, there's a ton of good names out there. I don't know why they're called the Sugar Sugar Boys, and maybe we're going down... Well, a, I, think,
2: a, a, I think just to sort of dovetail this one off, I think, that, I think uh, and we've all seen plenty of it at many football grounds over the years, that Northampton Town are called the cobblers. And, um, and there's, a term, there's a term in the UK, as you know, John, where if, yeah. something's, if something's crap or if something's not good, something's shit, a pile of a load of cobblers. And Northampton Town, I called the cobblers because the main industry in Northampton was shoemaking and uh, a, a, a sort of slang term for a shoemaker slash shoe repairer is cobbler. So the Cobblers, so a, a right load of old cobblers. There you go. Big rugby team, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, guys... Um... You know, we we've said earlier in the show that you know three Melbourne teams couldn't make it uh, out of Melbourne for a whole heap of reasons, and and yet the rest of the world, the Premier League, it, it was real. It had to have been really close to a lot of those competitions being called off for the season, um, and they, they, they've done a fantastic job. Obviously, the Bundesliga, Serie A, all those competitions will be completed more than likely, and. How we can't get one going in this country is just
3: insane. I think, Absol- I think absolutely uh, loved the um, Premier League coming day after day. I think it's been absolutely brilliant.
2: Yeah, I think as well though. I think from a from a, a wider perspective than football, I think that the 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 governments of, of the various countries have realised the. Uh, with lockdowns, with people in in financial destitution, with people, you know, many, many people dying, etc. I think they've realised the importance of professional football in terms of uh, people's... um, people's uh, morale and people's people's general well-being because it is such an important thing and and uh, you know things were looking very things are looking still very bleak but you know i think certainly in the uk germany etc etc are getting professional football back and yeah we can't go to the grounds but coach on tv It, it it gives that sense of that things are getting back, things are you know, it's something that people can grab hold of and say, "Well, at least we can watch the football." And uh, I think, I think it's been a, a, a it's been a crucial part of uh, people's morale. I tell you,
3: you have to It'd think the a really has... Well, you have to think the illegal find a way, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll find a way. And and I and I actually think from everything I've said, we've talked about COVID a good few times on our different podcasts, and. And I think the government will work with them to make sure that they get it sorted out. I, I, but I think the sad thing is for football is that the government has to go to them and work with them off the back foot, whereas the other sports, they're like working off the front foot.
2: I think the problem is, John, I think the problem is, John, is that the problem the A-League's got here is that it's probably fifth or sixth or seventh down the pecking order. And it's not, it's not at the top of the government's agenda in terms of getting things back. And that's going to be the stumbling block, because you know obviously the, the the and the same principle as what we were just talking about earlier about. The mm. AFL, we want the AFL back. We want the rugby league back because it's something that people can can grab hold of. You know, they might some people have been off work for four or five months, and it's like you know they're yeah. struggling to put food on the table. But you know, like back in the Great Depression days with Farlap and 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 sport and Don Bradman, sport takes goes to the next level in terms of giving people hope. And uh, I think that's that. But the A League are way down the picking order, so I fear for them. I really do.
0: It's a really strange feeling um, because people who don't know that we follow other sports and so forth, um, I have said I'm a Richmond fan, a Storm fan in different podcasts. They're going to be based um, in Queensland for the foreseeable future, for maybe the rest of the season. And it's kind of weird to tell other people I'm excited. That I'm seeing my teams up here, and I'm sorry that you're going through that, but it, it, is, it is surreal. I mean, I'm going to be seeing my two Melbourne clubs week in, week out in Queensland. Mm. Who would have thought this years ago? I mean, it, and then you know, the A League's meant to start in a week and a half with three Melbourne teams stranded.
2: Actually, I don't, I don't um, know if you saw, I put something on uh, Facebook earlier, and it was quite funny. And um, uh, there was a picture of Kanye West. And I put, you know, just when you thought 2020 could not get any more ridiculous, and then Kanye says, "Hold my beer, I'm going for
0: president. I'm going for president, baby. I'm going to stand for president." When I, th- when I first read that, I-, I thought it was for him um, potentially uh, Football Federation Australia um, going for a president there, <laughs> but apparently it's, it's even stranger than just that. when it's, you think uh, it's the US. Just
2: when you think things have got as surreal as they can, 2020 comes and kicks you up the ass yet again.
0: But, uh, you know, at least he'll probably make sense. Uh, actually, have you ever seen an interview of his?
2: Uh, he's, he's, he, he talks in the third person as well, doesn't he? He, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's so, an interesting chap. But uh, if, he, uh, if he stands, I mean, there's some conjecture as to whether he can, but if he stands, I think he'll, he'll, he'll take a big chunk of Biden's African-American vote and, uh, you know...
0: Well, local football, thank goodness, around the country, uh, besides Victoria, we are, we know a lot of people from Victoria and we are sorry for what they're going through. Um, And it could happen to any state depending on, you know, what's going on. But it was really good to hear those kids in the background when Pete was uh, being part of the podcast because those kids are now not just sitting on their devices they're out playing football and stuff again and I just can't wait to see those those local games kick off and um, the seasons are recommencing in Queensland and so forth but the big thing that people continue to talk about is the costs and um, you know it's costing anywhere from you know 500 to $2,000 to play football in this country
2: Outrageous
3: Any, any thoughts about that John? Um, yeah I think it's a ridiculous thing um, I, I look at the cost of all organized sport for young because you all know I'm a high school teacher and I'm a football coach mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. in in another code and I think that that cost is just ridiculous. I'm not sure that the insurance can possibly be that expensive. Um, I think football should be a game that's open to everyone and I think once you start to get into that type of numbers, you're cutting a lot of people out and it's, it's ridiculous.
0: There's been a lot of talk in um, southeast Queensland corners about the uh, wage bill um, in football Queensland, and and you know it's probably something we can talk about in another podcast again. Um, but the wage bill there has gone up unbelievably. If you you can get on social media and go and have a look at the figures, I don't want to be done for slander or talking about anything along those lines. But the wage bills, are, we're talking thirty odd million suggested for wage bills in southeast Queensland football alone. Uh, they're not running a national competition. If I'm wrong on those figures, fine, well, but it's well, I still think, I think we can
2: talk generically without, without sort of being taken to court by anyone in terms of uh, the, the, the local codes, the national codes of all description i have thought the land of milk and honey was going to carry on forever. Uh, they had very, you know, apart from the AFL, relatively low cash reserves, um then they're, they're massively over over uh over, over uh, subscribed staff levels um and and it and it and it just shows you it's it takes something like this uh, yes an unforeseen circumstance but it could it could have been m- many things that 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 that, that you, you realize that that you know the it's the old story about the upside down pyramid you know, you've got too many people with blazers. You know, look at look at rugby league. Look at rugby league, mm. for example. You know, C- CRL, NRL, this RL, that RL, and they've all got boards. They've all got blazers. They've all got all got big salaries, and and not wanting to pick on the NRL, but the, all all of the sporting bodies. I've I've had a massive wake up call and uh, and I think things will change forever after this and and staff numbers will be relatively low. In comparison. I'll tell you something else
3: and I'll make a point here uh, pretty close to my heart is that school sport, uh, especially when it comes to football, is it it playing football for your school sort of around um, Queensland means nothing because the the clubs are huge, um and and. School sport, playing it in, you know, when we were younger was a big deal. And it's coming back. School sport costs you nothing, you know, and, and the schools run it. And, it, and, and I think that the, um, the governing bodies should really be pushing some money in there because it's fertile ground, you know. Everyone's got to play. I mean, you can get the, mm. best, the best players from each school to play in a competition. And, and you just play and you play for the love of, of the game. It's not about picking people out to go to Real Madrid. Which sometimes I feel like that's, you know, we, I've, I've coached a school football teams um, from my own school, from two different schools. And, you know, we've made finals and had kids come to us and say they're not going to play because they're in a, in, a, in a local Premier League game that well, weekend.
2: I've got, I've got a little And I just,
3: I'm just not into that. I think that's ridiculous. I was actually going to ask you both about if we've got
2: that got time. I, if we've got time, I've got a little story about of that. Of course. Because I was, I was 15, just turned 16, I think. And I was playing first team cricket in a very good league in in Yorkshire, um, where you're coming up against county players, test players, this, that, and the other. I'm playing first first grade cricket at, at, at that age, and my school team had a game on a Saturday. And this is this is maybe an illustration of how I know some of the. Um, private schools still adopt this philosophy, and you'll have to let me know if you do, John, as well. But uh, the school had a, had a game of cricket, on. A, they rearranged the game of cricket for a Saturday, Saturday lunchtime. And uh, I was told in no uncertain terms that I could not play in the Saturday afternoon for the first grade team, that the, the school took precedence over anything else on a, on a sports situation. No, it's not uh, like that wow. anymore. It doesn't happen anymore that, at all, no. it's It's That's quite like the it's opposite... Big- you look, at the power, look at the
3: pair. Look at the pair of football I'm, clubs in honestly, in South East it's Queensland. Really. But yeah, oh no, I know. know, I know. Are you kidding.
2: I'm not. I, I'm, I, playing like, I'm playing with that. I'm playing. I'm only a kid, but I'm playing against professionals and county players and test players. And I was preventing. And then they said, "Well, you have to play for your school." Simple as that. Nah,
0: it and, uh, it's completely opposite me now. We in every sport. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Sean, we, we're certainly hearing that. Um, people don't play in the school because they're worried, you know, at 14, 15, they're going to miss out on getting drafted to the AFL or, or being in an academy squad for yeah. football or, you know, and John, it, it it's real. I'm, I'm hearing parents going, oh, we don't want to jeopardise his career. Well, he's 14 or 15, yeah. or how do we know he's going to have a career? That's... Let's have fun because that's what well, the sport's bubbles. They're about. getting
2: bubbles blown up their ass by the agents, aren't they? You know what I mean?
0: It might be a little bit different in the US where you can have basically an, a, a really expensive uni degree paid for, can't you if, you, if you get a football scholarship. We don't have that kind of thing here. So, you know, the reality is, is quite quite. Different. I think the
3: more you play under all the different conditions at different scenarios, you know what? If you're going to be a good player at, at a club, you're going to be a good, a good player at school. And, and uh, I think it's one of those things like, you know what? i got pride in my game. Um, and I want to be the best I can be, I'm going to beat whoever I come up against.
2: Hey, just and a, and just a, not
3: only that, sorry, I'm going to gentleman. play sometimes. I'll tell you what's something else, Sean, is when you're playing at school, you don't get to have necessarily all the best kids from the academy hanging around you in that Absolutely. same team. So you've got, to, you've got to lift the other players. And I think 100%. a lot in all sports, um, young people, just like in cricket, because you know, we've both been involved in that, is that when you don't play against... Um, when, when you're always surrounded by great players, well, it's not that hard, is it, until things get real hard when you get older and you're left by yourself.
2: <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit hard when you go out to bat against a test bowler at 16, mate. I'll tell you that for now. But just to finish off that, finish off that story, it's like there's a few of the lads from the opposition that day would have probably wished I had played for the first, for the first grade because <laughs> I was a bit cross and I took it out on them. <laughs> And,
3: uh, so but that wouldn't happen now, work. Sean, because yes. the academy players would all be whisked away in a, cricket, in a cricket sense away, and they wouldn't play against an adult. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and I and you know when when you're getting offered to, you're getting offered to play for your county like county seconds or under-19s, and, you, and you've got to ask for time off work and all this, and you're struggling to get time off work. It's a different, different world now, different world.
0: I was just as proud playing for my year nine football, you know, AFL team down in Melbourne, as I was playing as a 15-year-old in seniors. It was they were no different to me, representing your school or playing seniors footy. And I I was lucky enough to actually play a game with my old man at the end of his career start of mine. I was as proud of both. School football was just as important to me as club football. And I hope that does come back.
2: Yeah, it was just enjoyment. It's just fun, mate. Having fun, aren't we? You know, and I think I think I think sadly the fun aspect's gone out of it for a lot of for a lot of people in 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 uh, in, in Junior sport. But, you know, please God it may return.
0: And let's, uh, let's kind of sum up this podcast tonight. It's, it has been a little bit all over the place because I think management, I don't know who that bloke is, the producer, he's really let us down with his topics tonight. <laughs> but one of the things that you, we've all touched on in terms of, you know, nicknames for players or nicknames for clubs or, or different things like that, especially in these really difficult times, is that sport is a release. Sport is fun. Um, and you know you see results. You know, Villa goes down, or you know, y- you, your rugby league team has a loss, and it's the end of the world. But is it? Well, I, think, I mean, it's you know,
2: is it? I, th- I think I think just just uh, coming on from that in terms of you know what we were talking about before in terms of access to junior sport, and as times get bad and domestic violence goes through the roof, and 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 lots of other dreadful things go through the roof, you know. If a kid is excluded from going to sport because they can't afford it, and and that that sporting club or venue and could be the only safe haven for that kid or the school, like like John does, fantastic work, fantastic work with you, with the girls' team, John, and and you know what, that is a massive thing, and 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 it, when when times are tough, those type of experiences for young people, it, you can't, but it's priceless, mate, and and I would hate for a kid from a poor background or any background for that matter, to not be able to compete in, in junior sport just just down from a purely financial perspective because, because that's always been Australia's great, great strength in that they didn't miss anyone, whereas the UK always did because it came down to old school tie and this, that and the other. Australia, if you wanted to have a go, you had a go and we can't afford to let that happen in Australia.
0: Uh, we can't. It will, you guys would know more than I do about this, but the school vouchers in most states and everything uh, are a fantastic initiative. Let's hope they stay in. I think it's around $150 per child if you're uh, eligible. And let's just say to all those states that are doing it, that has been a great saviour for a lot of
3: people. Well, you know, well. the other so, thing, you, you, can, you can tie attendance to stuff like that. Yep. And you can say, look, you know, I mean, look. What kid at, well, there's going to be kids at school who don't want to play sport, right? I get, I know that for, for a fact, right? But if you are interested and you can tie that up with, okay, especially a kid who's at risk and say, uh, you're going to make sure that you are at school and then you're going to play. Okay. The two go hand in hand and, uh, we'll look, we'll make sure that you're covered and paid for to, to play your football. Um, you make sure you're at school. And I think, I think most people think that's not a bad idea.
2: Oh, it's a it's massive community service, mate. Massive thing. Massive, massive mm. thing. And uh, you know what? I've said this to you before, mate. You, you do a magnificent job with what you do, and, uh, and uh, you, should
3: be, you should be very proud of what you do. It's magnificent. Well, I appreciate that, Sean. It's all right, but you don't have to keep it. It's all good. Oh, I'll do my best. Uh, and hopefully Newcastle um, will have a new owner soon. We're still waiting for that new owner. And uh, I just want to throw out there while
0: we're giving uh, people slaps on the back and everything like that as well oh, the work you do, your work the work you do in the industry Sean in your part of the industry is fantastic and Pete's one of the best up-and-coming young coaches I've ever known so we're really lucky to um, have those connections we've been we only pod when we're winning and we will speak to you guys in some format next week Three. football here and the applause from this knowledgeable crowd ring out wonderful from Di Maria earlier than this and it's a great pullback but the touch from Messi is exquisite